The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Joe Stapleton, buddy from college, comedian, world-class poker commentator. Hey, Joe, when you're on stage doing a comedy routine, give me the bit that just bombed. I'll give you the last one that bombed that I really thought was going to go somewhere. There was a story that came out recently about how an FBI agent had been relieved of his gun and his badge while having a tryst with an exotic dancer. And all I could think is, like, why are we still using this phrase, exotic dancer? Like, is it still exotic dancing if you're dancing to Katy Perry? <laughs> like, unless there's, like, a snake or a bird involved, why are we still calling this exotic dancing? And this bit, just crickets. Just absolute nothing from the crowd. And I was like, I just stopped and asked everyone, because there's an open mic, so you kind of get to interact a little bit. And I know everyone there, I was like, this is hack, isn't it? Like, this is hack material. This is like 1980s, like, what's the deal with exotic dancing? There's no birds. If it's ha- not happening in a zoo, is it really? And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing hack material. Um, but when I thought of it, I was like, this is funny. And it's really hard to know the difference sometimes. So how did the audience respond? They, like, pretty much agreed that, yeah, like, when I said, oh, is this hack? Everyone laughed. And that pretty much confirmed my suspicions that it was, in fact, hack material. Um, And I think this is a problem that um, a lot of really young comics run into is that, and, you know, I'm guilty of it myself sometimes, is that you don't don't have enough reverence for the people that came before you. Um, Like, there's guys like Bo Burnham, for example, right? I think Bo Burnham is sort of revolutionizing comedy. But some of his jokes are jokes that other comedians have done before. I think this is the same problem that uh, Amy Schumer has run into once or twice where people have accused her of stealing jokes. I don't think she steals jokes. I think she just does material that other comics have done before. Um, and Unknowingly, Terry, I think that we need to pay attention sometimes and be like, hey, this exotic dancing thing is probably not all that original. <laughs> is it also that young comedians don't, or are afraid of getting honest feedback from their own peers? I think that's part of it. You know, I think there's a certain amount of mental illness that you need to have to be a stand-up comic and to have the confidence to go on stage and be like, I'm fucking funny. Everyone laugh at me. And sometimes delusion is part of that. Um, Being deluded, I know plenty of comics who, um, you know, back in the day when I first started doing stand-up, who were god-awful, who were god-awful, and they thought they were great. And some of them, some of them are okay now. Like, some of them have turned into decent comics. So I do think that, like, believing you can, it's something we run into in the poker world a lot, too. These poker players, I think, are deluded to think that they're going to win every poker tournament. But you need that, that self-confidence and that delusion sometimes. So I think it's, uh, to answer your question, a little bit um, in not being able to hear feedback. But I think that sometimes that inability to be told you suck is, yeah. a, is a is a is a benefit rather than a drawback. How have you gotten better? I have gotten better by cheating, mostly. Um, my stand-up career is fucking ass backwards. Like I go to open mics and I see touring comics who you know who might make like a hundred or two hundred bucks a week or a show doing comedy, and I sweat their nuts so hard. And I'm like, man, I wish I could get paid fifty bucks to do a gig. And then they're like. What the fuck are you talking about? You work on television. Right. I want I want your job. Yeah. 
they really don't uh, they don't get it. And so I kind of stack the deck a little bit in that most of the shows I go to, no, you've been to my shows, they're, they're full of people who already like me. Um, and I don't discount how much that actually brings, um, both in uh, just in my immediate performance, but also to boost my confidence. And it's so crazy that how success begets success. Like I haven't had, because I already have a bit of a fan base and I have really loyal friends that always come out. If I have a real show, I, I haven't really had those same struggles that other comedians have had. Like I bomb really infrequently. And, and my idea of bombing is different than what most other people's are. Um, so I've just been really lucky. I, I just say I cheated. <laughs> does that, does that then prevent you or hold you back from performing in front of a crowd that a bunch of strangers? Like if you're in Europe traveling for poker and you want to do an open mic? Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't because in Europe I have a fan base also. In fact, uh. my fan base is even stronger in Europe than it is in the States. You're huge, so, huh? Well, it's, it's not even that it's huge. It's that like, I, I might get, like if I do a show in London, 20 people will come out. Oh, wow. Um, and that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's really big. I'm not, I'm not doing, you know, 300 seat places. I'm doing 50 seat places. So if, you know, and even if I do a small place, four or five people might come out. If four or five people come out in a place that seats 25, that's still really big numbers. Um, so, but yes, I think it does, um, it, it, in places where I know absolutely no one, it is a bit of an uphill battle. Yeah, and I think I am at somewhat of a disadvantage because I'm used to killing. Um, and the last time I did the comedy store, I sent the, the tape to my manager and uh, he was like, yeah, this is good, but send me a tape where you kill when the room's not full of your friends. Huh. <laughs> so, so when are you going to be able to put that tape together? Well, I don't know because, right. <laughs> again, when I say I cheat, yeah. uh, I'll be per- perfectly honest. The reason I do the comedy store is because they know I can sell tickets. Sure. And so I, am, I do not get into the comedy store uh, um, on my merits in any way. They know that I will sell 20 tickets. Uh, 20 tickets at 20 bucks a head plus a two drink minimum is like a grand that I'm bringing in for that comedy club, of which I see $0.0 and, in fact, end up paying for a lot of the tickets myself <laughs> because I don't feel right. Um, telling people that they have to pay 20 bucks to see me and possibly only do a five or six minute set. Um, my new year's resolution, if you will, uh, is to go and start grinding the, the open mic at the comedy store and the potluck there and Mm. see if I can actually get in on a night there, uh, of my own merit where I don't have to sell tickets. I mean, I've, I've heard you for a long time and, and of course going back to college and then when you and our buddy Scott were doing Two Jacks in a Hole in that podcast and when I hear comedians now, I oftentimes think, you know, Scott and Joe were really ahead of their time with some of their bits. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, you know, without sounding like a total arrogant prick. No, 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 that's why, I, that's why I asked. Yeah, no, I mean, of course I do and, you know, Scott and I, you know, still text each other to this day with stuff we see on TV that were stuff that we had come up with, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm not saying that these ideas aren't out there. We, I'm sure we aren't the only people to have thought of them. But to this day, the Huff and Stapes and or Two Jacks and the whole radio show is the proudest I've been of anything I've worked on. Mm-hmm. And that includes the TV show I do now that airs in like 20 countries around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still laugh at Strip Club and Hair Salon. Strip Club or Hair Salon, Death Cedar Money Shot. Um, mm-hmm retirements um the the thing we used to do that thing about jeopardy stories that go nowhere the little interviews uh where alex trebek asked someone for an anecdote 
they try to tell an interesting anecdote in about 11 seconds. And just, it was, it was irreverent before irreverent was the norm, I think. And it was just so much fun to point out how ridiculous society is. And I really feel like the only place I can still do that is on stage. I used to love writing jokes for Twitter was like my, well, it's like my favorite thing in the world to do. And the world has become so serious and Twitter has become this platform for news and opinions and comedy's really taken a back seat on Twitter. And, and you can't make a joke on Twitter anymore. Morgan Murphy has this amazing quote where she says, I didn't know until there was Twitter. I didn't know my jokes had answers. <laughs> and that's what Twitter's like now. Yeah. I get very little joy writing a joke on Twitter because it's either insensitive or uh, there's some loophole in the joke that one person points out. Well, technically, uh, not all fat people <laughs> do do this. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, please just. So the stage is the only place now where I can take, where you can take humor and people, for the most part, still take it in the way in which it's intended. Finally, how, how much material will you get being with your folks for the holidays? Uh, tons. Tons and tons. But the weird thing is that the older I get, the less joy I get out of making fun of my parents. <laughs> like, I just kind of, you know, it's like fish in a barrel. They have to do something really, really amazing. I was, you guys can watch out for, I'm, I was thinking of doing a, a series of tweets this Christmas for my parents' place called uh, News from My Parents' House. And it's just going to be some of the crazy statements they make. Like last year, I remember them saying, um, "What's the, who's the girl from... Uh, I sound like my parents now. Who's the girl from the Hunger Games? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, my dad just announcing what a you know that Jennifer Lawrence. She's pretty good. <laughs> just just out of nowhere, just stuff like that. So watch watch this Christmas from news from my parents' house. And that's on at Stapes on Twitter. Good talk. Good talking to you. Thanks, pal. You got it. No, anytime. Now, the bit that really bombed on stage wouldn't even have been covered under an explicit tag on the podcast, so fortunately, Joe fell more than once. I'll take a comic recommendation from anyone. Who would say, nah, I'm good. I've got enough laughs in my life. So let me know who's got you going these days, and make sure to follow Joe on Twitter at Stapes, S-T-A-P-E-S, on Facebook, and anytime you see poker on TV, you'll likely be the one yapping away. Thanks for taking the time to join us on the follow-up. The follow-up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. Vocal.